this can be one of the biggest challenges in business. And I know it's created so much stress for me and I've had to try to figure it out on the fly. It really does hurt as a business owner. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey, Driven Mofos, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. If you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute. We focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. And the reason why I do these videos and these podcasts is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. Now today, let's talk about one of the most challenging things that I've had to deal with running a business, and that is people, right? I think in the probably the two biggest challenges that you'll face as a business owner is staffing and also customer challenges. Now, I wanna to talk today about Mainly some of the things that I've learned with staffing and staffing problems and staffing issues over the years and how to deal with them or some of the ways that I've learned how to deal with them. I would love to hear from you. So if you're part of our Driven Mofo Business Hacks Facebook community, I would love to hear from you and hear some of your feedback around how you've had to deal with some of this stuff. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is we had a past staff member this week go fucking AWOL on social media and go mental. Due to no real fault of our own, I think they were just looking for a reason to go crazy and turn us into the bad guys. I just want to walk you through the process of how I used to deal with those sort of situations versus how I deal with them now. And I've also learned this off of a lot of people that I've been around who are business owners who are way more successful than I am and some of their mistakes that they made as well. And when it comes to staff, I've probably made more mistakes than most people. So at first, when we first started building the business, and I think this is the case for most startup businesses, you really have no idea what you're doing. And so a lot of the time you'll go back to your natural response to stress and pressure. So let's say when you have a staffing issue, if your natural response is to stress out, then you'll stress out when you have staff problems. Some people, their natural response is anger. And so you'll get angry when staff do the wrong thing. Some people just emotionally shut down because that is just their go-to emotion. That's what they know. And that's how they've dealt with things in the past. So that becomes their emotional response. Some people get sad and cry. And so it all depends, but we tend to have this natural emotional reaction that we have that is a learned behavior that we've had since we we're young, especially when we're dealing with stress and pressure and all of those things that can get thrown up, especially when you've got staff and problems and cash flow issues and all those things. So what used to happen was when we first started hiring, I used to think that most people thought like I did. And so as a business owner, I'm quite adaptable. I'm quite resilient. You know, even if I'm pissed off or I'm burnt out or take half a day off or, you know, even sometimes I'm pissed off, but it, you know, five minutes, I'm over it. But normally I'll say what I want to say. I say what I have to say and then I walk away from it and it's done. Whereas what I found was that that approach a lot of the time doesn't work effectively when you've got staff or other people around you that you're paying to do work. And so I realized pretty quickly that that didn't work. But what I also knew was that getting angry, I used to get not so much angry, but frustrated. And when I'd get frustrated, I'd be really, really frustrated. And because my natural style is to teach, I would get frustrated with a staff member and then I would try to teach them. And I would teach them in the way that I understood how to do things. And a lot of the time I teach through metaphors and stories, and then I give dot points and I give examples and so on. But what I didn't realize was a lot of the time that that can create confusion with staff. And then they would go and do things and think they're doing the wrong thing, but they remember about 5% of what I've said, not the whole 95% of things or 100% of what I've said. So they would fuck up 95% of the work again. 
then I would get more pissed off and more frustrated. And I would then, you know, have to retrain them. And I'd get more frustrated. And I'd complain to one of our managers or another staff member. At the time, it was normally Jess because she's normally done our operations. And then I would get pissed off and I would complain to her. And then, you know, she would start getting pissed off about staff because she would go, well, we're paying all this money to these people and we're still working 100 hours a week each. And they have weekends and we don't have weekends. And so she would get pissed off. And after a while, our natural state of managing and running and leading a business was just to be pissed off and frustrated. And that was because we didn't know any better. We didn't know. And I think most business owners are like that. And I think the reason why most business owners are stressed or miserable or unhappy is just because they don't know any better. They don't know how to deal with those situations and they go to their natural response when they're under stress. This happened for a while and then would have, you know, reasonable staff turnover because then they're leaving and going, well, I don't wanna work for a boss who's frustrated all the time. But the thing was, I didn't know how to put in processes properly. I didn't know how to train staff effectively. Also, I was already doing like 100 hours a week, as was Jess. So we're at like 120% capacity of what our normal workload could be or even should be. We're working beyond that point. So we're in burnout all the time and just fucking peaking out. When things would go wrong, it was just another fucking stress that we had to deal with and another thing we had to do. And I think for a lot of business owners, you get resentful towards staff because you go, I'm paying you guys to do a job. You're not doing the job I'm paying you for. At the same time, I'm already massively overloaded and overwhelmed. And so then you're frustrated, staff don't know how to deal with you. And also when you're in a startup business and you hire people, they normally come from, a lot of the time they're not coming from other startup businesses. So startup business owners are completely different than scaling business owners. And scaling business owners are normally different than large business managers or larger businesses. And it's because there's different ways that they respond to things in different timeframes and also different financial costs that get occurred in different size businesses. You know, if you're a startup business and you can only make it two days without getting a sale or else you're fucked and the business closes down, you have to have a lot of high pressure to consistently sell in order to keep growing. And that's startup essentially, unless you start with a ton of money behind you, which it can also be a massive mistake because you are going to fail and you are going to make a lot of mistakes. And it's better to fail and make a lot of mistakes with a little bit of money than do that with a lot of money because you tend to scale too quick. And this is also the reason why there are lots of businesses out there that now are starting to go bust who start with tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars with founders that have had no idea, they're just good at raising capital. And then eventually that capital dries up really, really quickly because they try to go too big too quick. And then they make all those mistakes, except instead of making a $300 or a $1,000 mistake, they're making a $100,000 mistake or even a million dollar mistake, which hurts a lot to the cash flow. So anyway, my point is startup is very, very hectic and it's very, very high paced a lot of energy, you've got to be able to move fast, adapt quick, you don't have time for processes, system structure and all that stuff first. You just have to get the next dollar in the door to keep the business afloat. And that happens quite a lot in startups. That can be quite challenging, especially if you're hiring a staff member who's come from working from, let's just say a large bank and they're an admin. They come from doing administration in a large bank where they finish at five o'clock, they go home, they start at nine o'clock, they get a lunch break, they get a coffee break. They can spend an hour around the coffee machine having a chat with their staff versus in a startup business where it's like, if you're a business owner and you see a staff member wasting five minutes, you're like, get the fuck back to work because we've got to make money or else we've got to close the door in two days. So it can be very, very intense. Now, some people love the intensity of startup. So some employees love the intensity of startup and they love the excitement and the energy and the enthusiasm and all that stuff. Other people, it freaks them the fuck out. And then as you're scaling in a business, 
scale, there's a lot of processes and systems and change that happens as you're starting to scale. So that can also freak businesses out. And we've also seen this where we had staff that were really quite good when we're in scale, but the more systems and processes we put in place, the more they felt like they were confined and couldn't do whatever they wanted to do. And there started to become more policies where they had to start work at a certain time and finish at a certain time. Once that came in, they couldn't handle it. So they left and they just, you know, I just don't enjoy working here anymore because they enjoyed the startup phase, but they didn't enjoy the scale phase. So you really have to be aware of this, especially in your hiring processes, because it can be a massive problem. But also what I noticed was that as we started to get better at the hiring process, I still made a lot of mistakes. So one of the biggest major factors that I made when I was hiring people is as a coach, I love seeing people for their abilities, for what they have the potential of doing and who they have the potential of becoming. That's a really fucking bad strategy for hiring staff, which I learned due to a fairly large amount of staff turnover and also what happens after they leave. Again, it's just that I didn't know any better. I had no idea what I was doing in the hiring process. You know, you get given all this information. I've read shitloads of books and all this stuff on it, but it's not until you're in that consistently that you start to understand the mistakes and you start to learn. So what happened through that process was that I started hiring better people and better quality people and hiring people into management positions, but my hiring strategy was still shit. So I hired a general manager that I was paying you know, $80,000 a year who was one of our sales team. So she was a great coach and great in sales, fucking brilliant at both of those two things. And she was a great asset to our community. One of our past clients loved what we did, a huge raving fan and then gave him a position as a manager because I said, look, I need some help. I need someone to step into the management role. We got rid of our past manager because they didn't drive as hard as what we drove and everything was like in chill time and we just take our time. And we were going in between startup and scale. So we had to move quick. Everything was like, get shit done, got to get shit done. And so they just couldn't handle the pace. So this other person, I gave the opportunity to step up into a manager's role. Now I learned a very harsh lesson, which was that Sometimes you've just got to get rid of people ASAP. And within the first month, they weren't effective and they weren't efficient. But I thought, you know, I can train them up. And this is sometimes can be an ignorance to a lot of business owners as well, is that you'll spend a lot of time training people that just don't have the skill sets that you need. And so I put a lot of time and effort into training and developing a person into a GM, but also through a lot of stuff at them as well. Like, come on, we've got to keep moving and I need you to take some of this stuff and delegate it. But I found that a lot of the time there was avoidance and stuff wasn't getting done. I probably held on to them for five months too long. You know, that's over 40 grand in wages because it's 40 grand that hits their bank account, but you've also got to pay tax and superannuation and all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of money there. And then, you know, by the time you earn that money, when you pay a staff member, let's say you pay a staff member $80,000 a year, the business doesn't need to earn $80,000 in order to pay them. You have to earn way more than that because you've got to pay tax on the money that you earn in order to pay a staff member. So you've got to pay after tax dollars to have a staff member. And so that can be a huge fucking problem as well because you've got to end up like, let's say tax rates, 30%. You've got to earn 30% on top of that. So if you're a $100,000 staff member, you've got to earn $130,000 just to pay tax. Then you've also got insurances, flights, accommodation. Well, you don't need to pay them holidays and things like that, but that comes out of their wage. But there's all these other hidden incurred costs that you have as a employer. So you might end up paying that person, let's say hundred. you might need to make 150 dollars to $160,000 a year just to have zero profit, just to have a break even. Now, if that staff member also needs administration support, they need you know other people around them in order to help them to do their job effectively, then that comes all added into their wage. So you might be paying, in order to have, let's say a general manager, you might need to make, that's $100,000 a year. You might have to have 200,000 bucks you need to make at least maybe even 220,000 a year in order to cover the cost to have that one person do their job effectively. So these are the hidden incurred costs that a lot of business owners get caught out, especially when they're in scale mode. 
you don't just pay, if it's $100,000 a year wage, you don't just need to make $100,000. You need to make a lot more than that. And most staff don't even know that. They go, fuck, the business is making a shit ton of money. I'm creating all this money, but they're just rorting me. It's not that, it's all the other incurred costs. Like if you're a tradie and let's say you've got a van, that tradie goes, I'm only earning $30 an hour, yet my charge rate's $100 an hour. But they don't understand that the fuel, the van has to be paid for. There's interest on the van. Plus, they also have to pay tax. Depends on how the business is operated. But sometimes you can write it off pre-tax dollars. Sometimes it's after-tax dollars. So it just depends. Then you've got to buy equipment. Then there's fuck-ups. So every time they break a drill bit or break a drill, you've got to go out and buy a brand new drill. They get a puncher in their tire. There's that. There's all these hidden costs that they don't even think about. What about when they're supposed to do a two-hour job and they blow out the time frame to four hours, but it's only quote of two hours? Someone's got to cover that extra two hours. Now the staff member goes, ah, very rarely does the staff member go, you know what, I was unproductive today. You know what, just don't pay me. They go, I want to be paid, motherfucker. Give me my money. So you still pay them even when they're non-productive, even when they do the wrong thing. You still have to pay all that shit out. So these are a lot of their hidden inco costs. I learned that I should have let go of the staff members way earlier. So if they're non-productive really early on, just get rid of them straight away. Because if not, it does a disservice for you and it does a disservice for them because they're in the wrong job role and they just don't even know it. And most staff members don't know that they're in the wrong job role for a long time. And so that can create resentment. So the staff member has resentment and then you have resentment because you go, they're not doing their fucking job. And then the staff member goes, I can't believe I keep trying and I'm doing all this stuff and my boss doesn't appreciate me. But normally what happens is that there's an incompetence to let go of the staff member, an incompetence in the HR process to just get rid of them. And there's also an incompetence in the staff member's ability to understand their job role, to get clear on it, and then to deliver those things effectively in efficient time frame that other people expect around them. And sometimes it's just because the staff member doesn't ask. Like you could say to someone, I need this done. They will do it. But they didn't ask, when do you want it done by? And so because of that, that can cause a problem and it can create irritations in a job role. So sometimes training staff members to communicate more effectively can make them massively more productive. I kept this staff member for over six months than what they should have, but it ended up coming back where I said, hey, look, I need to hire a GM. I need to hire someone who can do these jobs. This is essentially what the role is. I need all this stuff done. And I just don't think that it's gonna be best for you. I would rather you go back to doing what you were doing because you're fantastic at it. You're going to earn just the same amount of money anyway. But that person then ended up flipping out because they loved the title of the role. They felt like, I don't know whether it gave them power or, you know, they wanted to be seen as a manager. So they flipped the fuck out and essentially they were like a suicide bomber. They strapped a bomb to themselves and boom, blew themselves up in the process of blowing up everyone else around them, which I also realize is also part of their natural response to the way that they live life, which is very destructive. But anyway, what ended up happening was that I'd spoke to them. I said, look, I just want the best for you, which I did. I want the best for all of our staff and even the past stuff. Like I don't hold on to grudges. Like I don't fucking care what people do in their own life. Even our customers, like I want them to succeed. But at the same time, some people just don't want to succeed. And some people are quite happy to fuck themselves up and blow themselves up in the process to prove a point or for whatever reason, some people just like to be destructive and whatever. And that's part of their psychological responses to things. I could do a whole nother podcast on that as well and why people do that. But I didn't pick up on those things. And I thought that they had changed as a person and gave them those opportunities and coached them and helped them through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I noticed that they had become a little bit destructive. So the GM that we hired them for a six month stint just help us to clean up some stuff before a full-time GM could start the start of this year. So anyway, they had to have a chat with them and say, look, you know, Michael doesn't want anything bad for you or anything like that. But at the same time, like, don't go out and just do shit that's destructive to our business. Like, we've looked after you. We've done the right things by you. They agreed. And then all of a sudden, within the last month or so, this person has just gone fucking mental again and just gone crazy and 
done things behind our back and we found a lot of stuff out and you know a lot of stuff always comes back to the business owner that you find out most staff don't even realize this but you know you find out a lot of things people talk and you know also when you've been in business for a long time you realize that there's patterns that happen that are pretty fucking obvious that someone's doing them or whatever so you learn a lot of things you know i always say it's like little kids you know when you ask them if they ate the chocolate and they say they haven't but they've left the wrapper in the bin it's just they've tried to hide it but you already know you've already seen it then there's chocolate crumbs on their bed. As an adult, you start picking up that the child's done something because it's obvious. They leave all these clues around the place. And the same thing happens after a while when you run a business. If you're a good business owner, you start to realize that there's all these clues that add up to pointing in one direction that staff try to hide or you know they pretend that you wouldn't know or that they'll get away with. But normally you've gone through those things many times before, so you pick it up. It started creating a lot of destruction. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because it does happen where you have staff who go crazy. They would get on social media and blast us, but I would get on social media also and you know normally put them back in their place. Or I would also just reach out to clients as well and say, look, here's what's happening. This is the deal. But then after a while, I just realized that it doesn't really matter because what will end up happening is that your high quality clients will be on your side anyway. And so normally when staff have gone fucking mental before in the past and done the wrong thing by us, normally what happens is the best clients will come to me straight away anyway. And they'll come to me and they'll show me the text messages. They'll show me, they'll screenshot what they put on social media and all that sort of stuff. And then all that happens is if it becomes a problem and it goes against any legal contracts or anything that they sign as an employee, then all we do is we just get the lawyer to write a legal thing and just go, hey, here's a reminder. If you break any of these, then you know you end up in court. And that normally stops them pretty quick anyway. That's what I've learned over the years. Like you need to implement that stuff reasonably quickly. The second thing is as well, is that what it does is it becomes a filtration mechanism for high quality clients versus low quality clients because the high quality clients will always come back to you and the high value clients will always come back to you and say, here's what's happened. Also, you've got some clients that sit on the fence and they will end up going and maybe potentially working with like your old staff or you might be poached, like your customers may be poached. And if that's the case, they will end up figuring out pretty quickly whether someone does a better job or a worse job. And if they do a worse job, they're coming back to you anyway. And so over the years, what I've found is that sometimes we have coaches who come to our events they create a lot of drama behind the scenes and create an undercurrent and they start pointing out all the fucking faults that I have, which, you know, I know that I have and I talk about them all the fucking time because I'm human, right? I do dumb shit all the time. I make a lot of mistakes. You know, I'm not the world's perfect person and I hate coaches out there who pretend that they are. Like when they stand up on stage and pretend that they're fucking Jesus and they're walking on water and they've figured everything out. People who believe that shit are just ignorant. The truth really is that we're all human. Like, I'm really good at human behavior, but there's a lot of other things that I'm not good at. And I've spent a lot of time and energy learning about human behavior and learning from the top people in the world, which means that I can share so much information. I've spent over a million dollars on learning human behavior, but I've also spent a lot of time researching and watching a lot of people and how they do things and the language that they use and all the stuff that I know and congregate that information together. So I can save people decades from learning this stuff. But at the same time, there are things that I'm learning in business as well that I make mistakes at every day. I make mistakes in my own life quite consistently, but we learn from them because that's part of the human experience. And so we want to learn these lessons as well so that we don't make them or we don't make them for as long. But what will happen is sometimes past staff or we've had other coaches come to our events, they go out and they create an undercurrent with your customers or they'll start bragging what they create, you know, some drama or whatever to try and pull things into their side. Something that I've noticed as well is this happens quite a lot, is that when you've got a very strong or powerful leader or you've got someone who's strong in an environment, when someone gets pissed off and they feel disempowered, they will try to pull others onto their side because it makes them feel more powerful. These are some things that you've got to watch out for. I have noticed that over the last like year or so that it happens quite a lot. If you have a look, you've got someone like Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes into power. You have a whole bunch of people that band together in order to try to take him down. 
Because as individuals, every one of those people who criticize him, judge him, whatever, they're individuals. They have no fucking power compared to him. Now, I'm not saying I like Trump or I don't like Trump. All I'm saying is it's very obvious when this happens. So people congregate together. They create drama. They try to you know, point out someone's faults. And then what it does is it creates a power balance. And that's what's happening. So this will happen with old staff members where sometimes even I've seen it before where a staff member that doesn't even like another staff member when they leave become friends with each other just because they hate me. And, you know, it's quite funny because I'll talk shit behind each other's back. But then after they leave the company and they're both pissed off with me, then they've got a common enemy. These things can happen in a business. And these are things that we need to be aware of as business owners, whether you're a startup business owner, but also a larger business owner as well. So here's how I normally deal with it. And here's how I've learned how to deal with it. Back in the old days, I would have flipped out and got angry and all that stuff. And sometimes you need to put your foot down and sometimes you need to you know, contact legal. So I recommend you've got a good lawyer and that stuff. Sometimes just by tagging, like getting an email from the lawyer and being tagged in it is enough to stop somebody in their tracks. Even a shitty customer, it'll stop them in their tracks straight away because they know that now you're not fucking around and that there's a lawyer involved. I had a customer years ago who was going apeshit on social media who was actually a really good client for years, but I stopped using his services because he dropped the ball massively with his services. So I stopped using his services and I think he felt like he was rejected. And so he went out there and just fucking blasted me on social media, which was pretty crazy. But these things happen when people are insecure. All I did was I just wrote them an email and I said, hey, here's what's happened. I've screenshotted a bunch of things that you've said. I'm just tagging my lawyer in it just so that they know what's going on. If this stuff continues, then, you know, we'll take it further. And that was enough to make them stop. So sometimes just tagging a lawyer, they don't even have to be involved and letting them know that you've got a lawyer will stop it straight away. And this will happen with staff or shitty customers as well who go fucking crazy because we'll all get them. If you're a business owner and you're growing, you are going to get crazy staff and you are going to get crazy fucking customers. It's gonna happen. It's just part of the game. It happens every day. It happens to everybody. And it happens to the biggest companies more than the smaller companies. So, you know, as you grow, it's gonna happen probably a bit more often. So that's one of the things that I've learned. The other thing is to not take it personally. When you take it personally, you'll react, you'll have sleepless nights, but it's just that that person is going through something in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I even had this person, someone that they know, reach out to me and say, hey, look, they've not only have they been destructive with what they're doing to you, but they've destroyed friendship groups. They're destroying relationships like they're just going through a destructive phase at the moment. I know it seems like they're attacking you, but they do have something against you. But at the same time, like they're just going through a massive destructive phase and they're just fucking destroying everything that's good around them for whatever reason. And so sometimes people can be like this as well. My key takeaway is Stay on your path, keep doing what you're doing, look into the mirror and say, could have I done something better? Could have I improved something? Because it will help you grow as a business owner or as a person just in general. What did I do well? What did I do wrong? And then also how do we need to deal with this situation? And maybe even if you've got a team, bring the team together and say, hey, here's what's going on. There's gonna be a bit of an underswell with customers or clients, or there's gonna be a bit of an underswell maybe with staff. They might have contact with some of your staff still. And so they'll create a bit of a shit current. But at the same time, go back to focusing on what you really need to focus on, which is adding value to the customer, the good customers that you've got. Look after the staff that you've got. Look after the good customers that you've got and you write it out. You'll be fine. I've seen it before where some customers get pulled away with other people for a while, but sometimes people don't know what's good until they leave what's good and they go and experience something else and then they come back and they go, you know, what I'm actually getting is good. That happens in business as well and it happens quite a lot. You know, you'll have a lot of customers who will use your products and services They'll go and test out somebody else, think that they're going to get something better, and then eventually they realize that it's not, and then they'll come back to you. And that happens quite a lot. My key steps after that, first of all, look in the mirror, check in with yourself. Don't take things personally. Just see how you could have done things better, how you could have employed people better, 
Learn the lessons that you need to learn so you don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Don't react to it if you can. Don't do anything when you're volatile. So don't write emails. Don't get on social media. Don't blast people. I used to do that and it doesn't help and it doesn't make it more effective. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help your community. And at the end of the day, if someone's going to be a fucking idiot, does having any communication with them stop them from being a fucking idiot? And the truth is no. But does it make you look like a fucking idiot to people around you? And it can sometimes. So sometimes you're better off just leaving it. The good people around you anyway, the good customers, they'll come back to you. They'll support you. They'll let you know that they're disappointed with whatever's happening. And also sometimes it will remove the shitty clients from your customer base anyway because the shitty clients will be looking for a cheaper alternative. That person will probably want to undercut your prices. They'll probably tell everybody that they've got a better product and a better service, and they'll point out all your flaws and why you do things bad, but they don't have all the experience that you have, so they'll try and do that. I've had that with coaches that we've had come to our events before, where they say, Mojo doesn't do all this stuff and we can do it better. And I even had a client yesterday that I've been friends with for like 20 years who knows some of the coaches who have done that to me. And they said, it's interesting because they bag you and they badmouth you, but 90% of their content is yours. And then at the same time, you keep excelling beyond where they're at, multiplying where they're at over and over and over again, years after year after year. And all they do is they just spend most of their time trying to bag you out and try to make you look bad. But at the same time, they're not focused on their own customers and what they're doing differently. They just have to copy other people because they don't have the energetic or the mental capacity to do things better because they're more worried about attacking you than they are developing things themselves. So I hope that helps driven mofos because yeah, these things happen in business and I just want to share it. We're sort of going through it at the moment and it can be a bit tough, but the really cool thing was that when my team came to me and told me that it was happening, I noticed that the first thing that I did was instead of getting angry, I calmed them down. I relaxed them. I said, look guys, you know, this is going to happen. How are we going to deal with it? Then I let the team deal with it. And I said, look, you guys will deal with it in the way that, you know, is best for the business. Like think about the business, think about our customers. We'll be fine. Like just write it out. They'll end up running out of steam and they'll run out of energy. Why they're fucked off and angry and thinking about me. They're not thinking about growing their business and they're not thinking about their customers. And all they're trying to do is they're just trying to create a bit of problem because there's an opportunity to do so. So look, it's going to keep happening. I hope it helps. Also, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, please make sure you join the No BS Business Hacks for Driven Mofos on Facebook. It's a Facebook group. I'm dropping content in there every day. Mondays is Motivation Monday. Tuesday, we're talking about sales, marketing, and finance or wealth creation. Wednesday is Q&A. Thursday, we are doing more operational type stuff. So process, systems, structure, and all the things that are going to be the infrastructure, management, leadership, all of that on Thursdays. And then Fridays, we are doing Focus Fridays, which is one hour of getting shit done where you get together with other business owners and we're all working together to do one hour worth of work, flat stick with no interruptions. So um, please jump in, join that group. It's going to be fucking epic. What is fucking epic? So get in there, check it out. I hope this helps. Shoot me a message and let me know if any of these podcasts are resonating with you. I'd love to hear from you. Jump across to any of my socials. Shoot me a message. It's Michael Mojo, double zero on any social media platform. You'll find me. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope you're enjoying this stuff, Driven Mofos. Anyway, never underestimate the dream. <laughs>